Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Football Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina, and joining me once again, Mike Lockman. Mike, how are you doing this week? Doing great, Joe. How are you? Hanging in there, trying to fight through the uh, the late season, I guess, kind of Monday doldrums of of, uh, of late October. It's uh, it's well, you know, yeah, you know, we were talking earlier, and, and and you said you were feeling a little run down, and I honestly think it was because we had such a beautiful weekend, and you're you know, you're outside and you're, you're watching football or you're doing things in the yard or whatever. And it's like, it's almost like a little mini summer. And then today, Monday was just, it was just miserable. You know, it's like yeah. all that, it's almost like vitamin D withdrawal, you know? <laughs> so it's drab yeah. and dreary and cold and yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's that time of year where it just goes up and down like that. Well, it takes, I think it takes your body when you get older, I'm not <laughs> saying you're old, but no, I look okay. at myself. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I know I mean, when I have got as I have gotten older, the, it's a little harder to overcome those changes in the weather that quick. It's okay. We can. We can. I'll. I'll. I'll say. It. I'm. I'm getting up there. I'm. I'm. Uh, yeah. Well, well, I'm fine with that. I've. I've accepted it. <laughs> it's very distinguished. Yes. Well, uh, don't forget that you can send uh, questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail dot com. And you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at NHHS Sports. And you can listen to the show every Tuesday morning throughout the football season at nh-highschoolsports.com. And before we get started, I want to take a moment to tell you about our sponsor. The presenting sponsor of the Ninth State Sports Show is Roger Howe of The Bean Group. Are you thinking of selling your home? Now may be the time. While the weather is starting to cool off, the market is hot and interest rates remain at all-time lows. It's time to call Roger Howe, a licensed professional realtor with The Bean Group. Not sure what your home is worth? Roger will provide a market analysis for you at no charge. With 12 years of experience in residential, commercial, leasing, and investment properties, Roger knows your local market. Contact Roger Howe of The Bean Group at 800-450-7784 or 603-247-1583 or email him at rogerrhowerealestate.com. All right, Mike. Uh, let's uh, let's get right into it and uh, tell the people who we've chosen for this week's uh, player and uh, and team of the week. Um, you want? I think uh, I think I had you went first last week. How about I'll, I'll go first this week? If that's all right. I I think so. Go okay. ahead. Well, so for my player of the week, uh, I'm going to go with uh, with a guy whose his stats aren't you know a super eye popping, but. Um, you know, his, his, the uh, the role that he played in his team's win, I thought, was was huge. Uh, and that would be uh, senior from Bishop Girton, uh, Jacob Baker, uh, specifically on defense. Uh, he's a, you know, two-way guy uh, starting on their O-line. Also uh, had been playing most of the year at defensive end for them. Uh, they've had so many injuries, uh, specifically at linebacker, uh, over the last couple of weeks that they moved Baker back to that linebacker position. Uh, and he just wreaked havoc all over the field uh, against Bedford. Um, you know, had 13 tackles, a couple tackles for loss, two sacks. Um, he might have gotten in and blocked a punt, I think, on, on one play. Um, just was, was all over the place uh, in their 14-7 to win. Uh, really a big part of, of how BG was able to bounce back from their, uh, their loss two weeks ago to Londonderry. Um, so that is my pick for, for player of the week. Yeah, I think it's a good pick too, Joe, for the for those reasons. Particularly when you think about, you know, this was really my first time being able to get a good look at at Bedford, 
And first of all, Bedford's offensive line is very good. Um, yeah. They're right up there with Bishop Girton and, and Londonderry for some of the best, the better offensive lines I've seen in Division One. Um, so, you know, to have those guys coming off the ball and, and getting in your face as a linebacker, especially when you haven't played it for several weeks, right, or, or for a better chunk of the season, that's not an easy transition to make and certainly not against a team with an offensive line as good as Bedford's. But not only is their offensive line good, but they've got such good speed at the slot positions and at the running back positions that um, I, think it's a, I think it's a pretty, like you said, not eye-popping stats, but that's a huge performance against a team that, you know, really could have hurt you there, right? If, 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 if you're not a great player and, and you get sort of uh, called into action at that position, um, you know, that can be a problem against an offensive line, a really good offensive line and some good outside speed, you know, that, 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 that can be a problem if you're not up for it. And it sounds like uh, he really was up for it. Yeah, I, I want to throw in there, too, because uh, I thought Bedford's uh, coach, uh, Zach Matthews, after the game had a, a really good quote from uh, for, about Baker was that, um, you know, he said, the biggest compliment I can give him is when I look on film, you see a lot of kids on the football field for every program in the state that take breaks and take plays off. I couldn't find one play on film that, that he took off. Uh, which I, you know, I, I think is 100% accurate. Um, I mean, he's just always flying around around the field. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that's I know for a fact that uh, you know, talking to coaches who do the Chad games and the uh, and the the um, Shrine Maple Sugar Bowl, that's the kind of thing they look for on film. And I'm sure the college coaches too, too, of course. Right. But you know, when when the coaches are picking the All Star games, they're looking for who just doesn't take plays off. Yeah. Right. That's the kind of kid you want to have on the all-star team. So that's a, that's an awesome, awesome compliment from coach Matthews. And uh, who did you pick for your player of the week this week? So similar to you, I picked a player uh, that didn't have gaudy stats, but had a really gritty performance um, that I think sort of keyed, um, keyed the victory for, for his team. And that is uh, I chose Evan Pafford, who is Exeter's quarterback this year? Yeah. Um, so uh, Exeter played Dover, and I'm just trying to. I just had the score right in front of me. <laughs> I think it was a one touchdown uh, game, if I'm, I'm not mistaken. At, uh, uh, no, it was a 22 yeah. uh, seven victory for Exeter, uh, and Pafford scored two rushing touchdowns in the first half of that game. But you know, because of the offense that Exeter runs. You know, that, that's a different story than, you know, sort of a spread quarterback or even like a wing T quarterback who runs a lot of bootleg waggle type stuff. And there's there's all, all different sorts of misdirection things that you can take advantage of. You know, Pafford really spends most of the day being selfless and faking really well in the backfield, uh, faking his own sort of QB keeper stuff um, after he's handed the ball off on a power or a trap. and you know, I think that that sort of selfless play from a quarterback sets up the success that he has later because, hey, you know that 30, 35 times a game, you're just going to be handing the ball off to one of your, your halfbacks or to your fullback. And the fact that he fakes the ball really well, that he carries out his own fakes, you know, as soon as Dover was ignoring him in that first half, you know, Coach Ball and his staff would see that, and twice they called 
um, big play sort of QB keepers out to the left side, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he ran in a couple of crucial touchdowns in what was really a tight game. Um, and then defensively, he made a couple of really key tackles and he made a key interception um, kind of late in the fourth quarter, if I remember correctly. So what I would call just a really gritty performance from a kid that I've seen play a few times this year, and I, I think he does a great job in that offense. He's selfless. Um, he's a really good athlete. And when they call upon him to do something, um, he can do it, whether it's throwing the ball, running the ball, whatever it may be. Yeah, that's that's a, um, you're right that the quarterback in that offense doesn't typically, you know, they're run heavy, but they're not usually or always involved in the run game. More of a, a facilitator, uh, if you will, than anything else. Um, so yeah, that's a big performance in in a big game for them too. You know, they're they've been, you know, they hit a rough patch there with with back to back losses. Uh, you know, and then they've got, you know, two teams coming up uh, with Dover last week and then Spalding this week that they're in a battle for 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 playoff spots in their conference and in the division. So, yeah, that's a that's a big game for them to win. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So that was, uh, you know, could have easily gone team of the week there too, but I really wanted to call out what I thought was a, a gritty, selfless performance yeah, yeah. by the quarterback on that one. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, so, well, speaking of teams, uh, for my team of the week, uh, I went with uh, with Kennett. Uh, you know, they're again another team uh, in Division Two that's battling for you know for playoff spots. You know, and they've uh, they hadn't had really a signature win, I think, up to this point. Uh, so last week they they host Plymouth, get a twenty to seven win over Plymouth, uh, which which is you know not just big for Kennett, but it kind of puts the Bobcats on uh, you know on the playoff line too. I mean they're that was their third straight loss, um, but you know Kennett gets that twenty seven win. I thought you know it had been a while maybe since they had had beaten uh, Plymouth too, but I I just was looking back real quick. And they uh, they actually did beat uh, Plymouth in in 2019, um, so I mean, but those are the the two wins that they've had against uh, which uh, I mean, you know, it's a pretty good rivalry uh, amongst the you know the northern teams there, um, you know. So they haven't they hadn't beaten them much, but those two wins in the last four years uh, are big ones. You know, they got a good game from from Sean Carrier, 130 yards and a touchdown. Played well on defense. Um, you know, Evan Karoski also 130 yards and a touchdown, uh, both, you know, with, with double-digit tackles, I believe. And then, uh, their, you know, their quarterback, Brody Nagel, uh, you know, not a huge day, but, um, you know, enough to, to help the team win. Um, ran for a touchdown and a two-point conversion, you know, 79 yards passing, probably situations where they needed to pick up some yards, um, you know, gets it done. And then, uh, and then Tyler Walcott uh, catching most of those passes, and a touchdown, um, you know, an interception and a fumble recovery on defense. So a good all-around game there for Kennett that really keeps them alive and, and improves their chances to get in the playoffs. Because you look at, you know, a lot of times those, those like, bottom four playoff spots or maybe even the bottom two, you know, the, the points uh, system really comes into play there because you got to beat um, – you, you got to beat somebody that's going to be in the playoff field. Uh, or, or is competing for the playoff field to, to really get in, give yourself some extra points there. And, you know, they've lost already to Guilford Belmont, to St. Thomas, and to Bow. Um, you know, and coming up, they've got Merrimack Valley, who's got a couple of wins. But then their crossover game is with Hollis Brookline, which, um, 
you know, Hollis has struggled this year, so they maybe don't get as many points out of that win as, as you would if in years past. So really needed a, a big win to kind of uh, to boost them a little bit in the standings, and, and it looks like they got it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that one. And uh, and who do you have for your uh, your team of the week? So I went with uh, a program that I, I know is, is young and a little down this year, but it's a program that perennially I, I respect. I, I respect the way they go about their business. I think they're typically a very hard-nosed defensive team, a, a good running team. They usually have a good athlete at quarterback. Um, but they've, they've had a, a tough year this year, and they went and got their first win this week, and that would be the Winnicunit Warriors, uh, who beat – uh, Memorial, I think it was, again, I have all the, of course, uh, you know, the, the notes that were in front of me, 20 to 13 <laughs> against Memorial. Uh-huh. And, uh, so, so big congratulations to Winnicott. I think the thing that, the couple things that really struck out to me was, you know, one, it, it was sort of a more classic, what you would expect from the, the, the Winnicott of days of, of old sort of game, right? I think they, they, really ground out a ball control game uh, on offense. The offensive line did just enough to allow uh, some of those backs to, you know, to, to kind of get out into the open. I know that, um, you know, the run defense did a good job containing. I, I, I forget the two guys' names, but Memorial has a really good two-headed monster in terms of a, an offensive backfield. Um, but the thing that actually impressed me the most about Winnicott was actually their secondary uh, was what I think sort of keyed the victory. Uh, two seniors, Tate, Tate Gaucher, um, who's a senior defensive back, and Kevin Tilly, who's also a senior defensive back, combined for three turnovers in the game, with Tilly getting a pick and a fumble recovery, and Gaucher getting uh, also t- uh, recording an interception. So, you know, usually when you think when a cut it, think about a really strong you know, front seven and a pretty methodical running game. But uh, I, I think all those things were present in this game. But I also think that the uh, the secondary, those two seniors in particular, you know, obviously in such a close game, their performance really kind of kind of keyed that victory. So um, so congratulations to Winnicott. Yeah, huge, huge win. And, that, you know, they're a team that, you know, talking to some other, other coaches around the division um, – you know they were what Owen Owen six going into that game, um, not an not really an Owen six team. Just you know some bad luck, um, tougher schedule, uh, and for whatever reason just struggled to score points, um, which is kind of bizarre because they could move. You know I saw them play Bishop Girton two weeks ago and and they moved the football, they just couldn't finish yeah. on drives and and uh, you know good to see them them finally get uh, you know get in the win column there um, this year. And you know maybe it's it sets yeah. them up maybe for a little run at the end of the season, build some momentum going into uh, into next year. Yeah, and they've had a really tough schedule too. I mean, if you look at quality of schedule, I mean, they've played a lot of really tough teams, and, and they still have a couple of tough teams to come with Londonderry and Spalding. Uh, you know, I know we talked at the beginning of the season about some of these teams that just have brutal schedules uh, in terms of the quality of the opponents they face week in and week out. I'd have to say. Winnicott had scheduled probably one of the tougher schedules in Division One. Well, you look at that schedule. Memorial right now is the only other team on that schedule that doesn't have a winning record, or, or excuse, has a 500 or winning record. Because I believe Dover and, and Spalding are at three and three uh, in in the division, four and three overall. So yeah, that that's the only yeah. team in, on their schedule that doesn't have a winning record. So it's 
yeah, that's a that's a, a tough uh, a tough schedule right there. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's. Um, I, I want to talk about uh, two of the games specifically that I was at this past weekend. Um, actually, got into to, got to three games. Uh, one of those fun weekends where there's a Saturday night game that I'm able to hit up two places on Saturday. Uh, it's it makes for a long weekend, but man, I I, I sure do. Uh, and just enjoy going to football games. I, I sounds probably kind of cheesy, but uh, I just yeah, just a lot of fun. And Friday night, I got to go to uh, Merrimack to watch them take on Nashua North. Uh, and and let me tell you, I mean, I hadn't seen North since the first game of the year against Bedford. And wow, do they look like? Uh, I mean, they look good in that game, especially defensively. But man, they look uh, real good against Merrimack. Um, they get a 49 to 7 win in that game uh that was 42 7 at halftime um you know they scored two plays into the game so it's set, you know 7 nothing i think 19 seconds in and then um you know forced Merrimack to go three and out get another touchdown so it's you know a two score game like nine and a half minutes into the game and uh you know they kind of took the foot off the gas a little bit and Merrimack was able to get back into it make it 14 to 7 and then, then Titans just dominated the second quarter. Um, you know, they, they get a touchdown to go up 21-7. And then Merrimack's driving, and uh, and Jack Peters makes a huge play, uh, grabs a, a tip ball for an interception, and then returns it 94 yards for a touchdown. Uh, just a huge swing there, and, and um, you know, North, was there was no looking back from there. They And they, they just have so many weapons um, it, it, on offense. You know, Derek Finley looks Finley looks like he's exactly what he is, an experienced senior quarterback, can run and throw the ball. Uh, Nick DeJesse gives them a good uh, good option at receiver. Uh, John Barry Jr. had a couple of big catches, too, for them. And then you got two running backs in, in Amari Almonte and uh, Jordan Rice and Andino, who, you know, are fast and, and have a little bit of, uh, you know, not as much of inside runners, but but have enough speed that they can, you know, hit holes pretty quick. And then, and then Jack Peters is, is kind of a do-it-all kind of guy for them on both sides. It's just they come at you from everywhere. And, and uh, just a, a fun team to watch, I, I think. Yeah, I, I, like you, I have not seen them play much this year. In fact, I think my last look at them was week one. Um, and, and I was going to ask you a couple questions because I, 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 I've heard that their skill position players are – you know, top tier, you know, kind of up there with Londonderry and BG, uh, maybe, in, maybe even in some ways a little better. Um, I heard that Derek Finley was really good. Yeah. I, I don't remember him standing out in, in any sort of massive way in that week one game. I remember being impressed with him, and I remember actually saying to you before the call, hey, the, the, the North QB was pretty good. Huh? He made a couple of things happen. But I don't remember thinking he was amazing. But I have heard from a couple of D1 coaches that he's really good. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't get the gaudy stats because there's so many other kids that you can distribute the ball around to, right? It's not like he's carrying the ball, you know, 17, 18 times a game and, and throwing it 20, 25 times a game. You know, they, they sort of have the ability to distribute it to all those weapons. So, he, you know, and, and almost like a, a Drew... Um, Heenan sort of way, right? The Londonderry quarterback, right? He, you know, he's also very good, but they don't ask him to win the game all by himself. I, I was wondering if that was your impression of Finley as well. Yeah, kind of a similar type. 
kid. Absolutely. Um, that's I think I think that's a great kind of comparison to say that you know, like Londonderry North just has so many guys that that contribute that you know not there's no one guy that kind of stands out more than everyone else that you say we got to take him away because they just have they just have so many. Um, and you're right that that opening game against Bedford was was a, a really rough one for them offensively. You know they only scored 19 points. Seven of those seven of those came on a defensive touchdown. Um, you know, so they they struggled in that opener to to um, get the offense going. But since then, I mean, they've been they've been lights out, um, and they were again on Friday. Um, you know, I was I was kind of I went in kind of hoping that it would be a little bit more um, a back and forth game, but um, you know, Merrimack was missing a couple kids. Um, you know, and they just kind of uh, you know struggled to move the ball at times. Uh, and and turnovers, uh, you know, again that you know that, that um, Trent Jackson had two picks in that first half, um, and field position killed them too. I mean, um, you know, North's kicker, um, Denard uh, Taplana, just he's got uh, uh, his leg is a weapon. Like his his extra points, his field goals, he kicks them so high in the air. There's no chance at at blocking them, and then his kickoffs are are pretty much all touchbacks. You know, and when yeah. you're, you're starting from your 20-yard line and you can't pick up a first down and then you have to punt, you're giving the other team the ball basically at midfield. Um, and, and against a team like, like North, that's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I do know, you know, I know Merrimack was short their top two running backs and, um, you know, and those guys play key, key roles on defense too. I think um, one of those guys is their, their strong side inside linebacker, the other guys are strong or a free safety, you know, so you don't want to be missing those guys, obviously, but you know, again, uh, I'm, I'm not sure it would have made a whole heck of a lot of difference yeah. and, and Merrimack's a quality team. So that's not a slight against Merrimack. That's a, that's a high compliment to what North has accomplished this season. This is a really quality win for North. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, the other big game in the, uh, in the West, um, that I got to this weekend, uh, Bedford and Bishop Girton Saturday night was uh, was a huge one, um, you know, and, and and it was much more of a different game, you know, than that one. There was not a lot of offense and uh, quite a bit of uh, you know good defense being played there uh, between the two teams. We knew that about Bedford going in. Um, I think we you know we talked last week about them having the three shutouts this year, giving up only thirty nine points uh, before Saturday's game against BG. And, uh, you know, they, they were true to that. You know, they were really the first team this year that's been able to uh, keep Matt Sanaswaso in check. Um, where did I – oh, here we go. I, of course, I put my my stats on the other side of the table here. Um, I don't, we've both been struggling with our notes tonight. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Well, <laughs> I, had, I had, like, all my player names and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, but what was the score, Mike? Come on. <laughs> right. Um, not that, that's not important. Who needs that? Um, yeah, right. I, I had him for just 35 yards on 13 carries, uh, which is wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, one of those, one of those plays was a bad snap where he lost some yardage. Um, you know, so they did a great job in keeping him in check, and uh, thankfully for BG, a, g- a guy that stepped up for them was uh, actually their third string running back, uh, Ethan Labby, uh, had 90, yeah. 91 yards and a touchdown. Uh, really kind of bailed him out in some situations too, where they. They needed somebody else to step up on offense, and, and he was able to do just enough to, to get them that. And then the other key to that game was was turnovers. 
you know, BG had none. Uh, Bedford lost three fumbles. Um, and, and the third one ended up leading to the go-ahead touchdown. Yeah, I, I thought the um, – is it Labby? Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, Labby. I, I thought he came in and did a great job. Um, you know, he, he didn't try to do anything flashy. He played within himself. Um, and, and, and he really hit the holes hard with confidence. And, and I thought coming in against a defense of that quality – and, and, you know, being sort of a, a second or third string guy on a very good roster, obviously, but still, you know, a guy that kind of coming in and getting his chances, because I think he's a senior, is that right? He is. He's an interesting story, too. Uh, and I, I actually, you know, in, in doing stuff for, for the season uh, earlier today, I actually got to chat with him a little bit. Um, he, uh, he didn't play or wasn't able to play as a, a sophomore or a junior because of injuries. Um, he had some injuries both seasons that kept him out the entire year. So this, this year has really been his first action since his freshman year. Uh, and, and to see him get into varsity games and make a difference. I mean, he played, he, he stepped in, uh, against Londonderry too, um, and did a nice job running the ball, um, in that game as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great, that's actually an even better story than I thought. But, you know, then the other thing too, that really strikes me is, is, Bedford is a really good football team. Again, this was the first time that I really got eyes on Bedford. Um, I, I just haven't, you know, and it's not like they're a faraway town either. I mean, it's right, the next yeah. town over from where I live. Uh, I just haven't, for whatever reason, the circles that I've traveled in and the different film that I've seen, haven't had much of a chance to see Bedford. And I got to say, I think they've got to be in that conversation, uh, you know, and again, not just because of their record and, you know, some of the statistical things, but just they've got a lot of really good pieces to that puzzle. Um, they've got a, obviously a very, very good defense. They've got a lot of speed. I was really impressed with their offensive and defensive lines. Um, I, I thought they were outstanding. And, you know, again, kind of, a, kind of another, I, I think, balanced team, similar to what we were saying about North. Um, you know, a lot of weapons, they don't really kind of rely on one dimension um, of their offense to get things done. And I, I, I thought, I thought, I thought it was a really good football game. And I, I think, you know, I almost feel bad that we haven't talked as much about Bedford. I know we've mentioned them a bunch, but not in great depth because I, I think that they're right there in that mix, uh, for teams that should be getting a lot of, a lot of talk at this point. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you on that. There's definitely been, you know, it's, it's tough sometimes when, when, you know, I, I would say the same thing with North too. Um, you know, it, when they're, they're playing teams that it's just, uh, you know, going in, it's going to be a rough one. Um, makes it a little bit tougher to, to maybe go see or or, uh, or talk about. But, yeah, they're definitely a team that, uh, I mean, you know, despite the loss, they're still 4-2. Um, I, I mean, I can't imagine at this point that they wouldn't be a playoff team. Same with Merrimack, 4-2. Um, you know, with 13 teams getting in this year, uh, you know, and, and, and I wanted to talk about this a little bit later too, but it just, it already kind of looks like there's a line of, uh, you know, for the playoffs, um, you know, but, but those are both teams that, that, you know, despite losses this past week, I, I can't fathom that they wouldn't be in the playoffs at four and two, you know, with two games to go. Um, you know, although interestingly, that last game is, for is, both yeah, teams, yeah. <laughs> they, they will face each other. So, Absolutely. yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's a that's a nice little kind of new rivalry that's developed over the last five or six years, 
um, you know, obviously a, a neighboring rivalry and, and one that has had some consequence in big playoff games and things like that. So, I mean, that's a great way to end the season for both of those teams. And, and one, you'll, I, you'll get a kick out of this. If my sources are correct, one where uh, Bedford has never played at Merrimack. Every game has been at Bedford. Not that they've played every year, um, you know, and, and there have been certain, there have been playoff games where, you know, Bedford's been the higher seed. Uh, but even the, in the couple of regular season games, uh, going all the way back to when they, the one year that they were in the old Division Two together, they've every game has been at at Bedford. I think you're right. It's just bizarre. I, I can't think of a single time that I have seen them play at Merrimack. So that'll be interesting. <laughs> well, and I mean, this game is at Bedford too. This one, I it just you know. Oh, oh, is that right? Oh, I thought yeah, you were. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I thought you were saying. It was going to be different this time, but oh, no. <laughs> we're sticking to the script. Yeah. Bedford does just—they don't go to Merrimack. That's it. <laughs> you know, I don't know why. It's right, just right down the street, almost literally. Yeah. Um, you know the other the other game I got to um, on Saturday was uh, was Concord and Salem. Uh, you know, first time I've I've seen Concord uh, live this year. You know, in, in person, and um, you know we we talked about North and and BG and. Londonderry having playmakers, and you know what? I would throw Concord in the mix too. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, Bahoma there, the the running back, has drawn a lot of attention, and rightfully so. He's having a great year, uh, but they have a bunch of other guys at Concord who can step right up. Um, of course, I <laughs> here we go again. Don't have the roster uh, right in front of me. Um, but, well, you know, I can bail you out a little yes, bit because out, I, I'm looking right at your website here. Oh, how about that? You had, uh, you had uh, Devon Duncan yeah, with 143 team. yards and two touchdowns on just five carries. Yep, and he caught a touchdown pass um, from Zach Doward. Um, yeah, he had a huge game. They had a couple other running backs, um, you know, that also contributed. Didn't get in the end zone, but, but you know, they were able to, to run the ball. Uh, against Salem, and it was, um, I, you know, I just was very impressed with them, you know, and and they um, early in the game, Salem was able to stay in it because they returned the kickoff uh, after Concord's first touchdown, and then on Concord's next drive, they fumbled at their own. I want to say like twenty five, and and uh, um, according to uh, to Coach uh, Corkum, that was their only their second turnover of the year. Uh, which I just, I don't know how that, that's unfathomable. I mean, no wonder they're no no wonder they're playing so well or they're getting so many wins. I mean, if you don't turn the ball over, how do you lose games? Right. Yeah, that's an amazing stat. Yeah. Um, it, it speaks to how fundamentally sound they are. Um, you know, and the other thing too, I I, I think Zach Dowd's another one of those guys that doesn't get talked about a whole lot, and and it's it's. It's not the same offense, obviously, that Exeter runs, and, and we were talking about Evan Pafford at the beginning here, but I think it's a very similar mindset where, you know, again, he sort of, you know, he sort of distributes the ball. He has to be selfless. He's doing a lot of faking and, you know, like bootlegging away after you hand off, a, you know, a, a you know a lead play or a power play or something. But, you know, I, I don't know what you thought seeing him live. I, I've only seen them on film. Um, so far this year, but like he's a big, imposing kid. Yeah. Um, and he's got a really good arm. He's good mechanically. 
I, I think he's, again, kind of one of these quarterbacks, like we've, we've talked about two or three others already today, um, that I think he's one of those guys that can get it done when called upon. It's just they don't, you know, when you've got, yeah, when you've got Pahuma and you've got some of these other guys that had a little bit of a coming out party uh, this week, especially in the second half of that game, you've got, you know, I mean, you, you, you don't necessarily need to say, hey, we're going to have Zach throw the ball 25 times today. Right. I think he could. Yeah. And I think he'd be pretty good at it if they had to ask him to do that. But, but he doesn't get as much talk because he doesn't have to do that. Right, right. Yeah, and, and um, you know, they've been on quite a run here, too. Six wins in a row after that season-opening loss to Londonderry. Uh, one of those wins against Rutland, Vermont. So, you know, they're 5-1 and one in the division. Uh, and really, too, I mean, this is, this is where, we'll, where we will find out exactly where Concord is uh, over these last two weeks. They host Wyndham this Friday uh, in a huge game. Huge game for Wyndham, too, because it's their last one of the season. They have a bye in the final week of the season. So they're they're going to be sitting around that last week waiting to see where they end up uh, in the postseason. And then Concord finishes on the road at Pinkerton uh, on the 28th. So two, two really huge games for Concord to finish out the year. Yeah, that that is huge, and both of the you know Wyndham and Pinkerton, I think right now very similar programs in terms of just how they've how how their year has played out, right? I mean, not necessarily dominating, uh, or, or or somebody that's like on the front burner in terms of like your your superstar programs that you're thinking, oh yeah, they're just gonna you know that they're they're primary examples of contenders but they're both really solid football teams they've got a lot of good players on both sides of the ball um, and they've come to play in situations where they've needed to pull out big wins um, so yeah and and that's sort of you know where Concord has been at I, I think I think all three of those teams are kind of really interesting matchups so that's a that's a heck of a way to, for Concord to sort of prove out who they are uh, to end the season here, you know, and I I, I had uh, said you know a moment, couple moments ago, um, looking at the playoffs um, or at the standings, you know, you look at that top thirteen teams out of the twenty one, and it, and it really feels like, and and maybe even for the last couple of weeks, it's felt like it. There's already that line where, I, I mean, the I'll just run down the list. You know, the thirteen teams that are would be in the playoffs today: Londonderry, North, BG, Timberlane. Pinkerton, Exeter, Concord, Bedford, Merrimack, Wyndham, Spalding, Dover, and Portsmouth Oyster River, and all of those teams, none of them has more than three losses. They're they're all um, three losses or better. And then you look at the teams on the outside; um, no one has fewer than five or more than one win. So you got to kind of I, I think that's kind of the thirteen teams that we're going to see in the postseason, barring something completely crazy. Uh, happening in the next two weeks, um, you know. If I'm wrong about I still, that, I'm I still wrong. think it's weird that we're talking about 13 teams making the postseason. <laughs> yeah, I, am, I still haven't got my head wrapped around that, but yes, I agree with you. <laughs> that's where we're at, and you know, th- this week, um, you know, we talked about North, we talked about BG. They play Friday night, and in a game that's most likely going to determine, you know, the the West Conference and and which of those two teams gets. Uh, one of the three buys uh, in the first round, um, you know, and, and it's I think that brings into question too. You know, do do you how much do you want that buy? Obviously, you want it to get, 
you know, healthy, an extra week to get get healthy and get guys back. Uh, but also it takes you out of your routine. Um, you know, so I think it's a it, it's the flip of the coin there. What what would you rather have? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. It's a good question. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's uh, let's let's move on to uh, to Division Two. How about that? Yeah. You know, and, and we discussed uh, you know at the beginning with with teams of the week uh, that Kennet Plymouth game, and you know it, it really uh, the playoff picture in in Division Two outside of maybe the top five teams where you've got you know Guilford, Belmont, Sauhegan, and Pelham all at seven and zero, and then you've got Hanover and Bow at six and one. I mean those those five, I you get they've clinched playoff spots. I don't see how any of those teams don't make the playoff. I don't think they can at this point. Um, cannot make the playoffs. I mean, and then you look at yeah. The, I mean, a couple of those teams have. We talked about last week how a couple of those teams have some pretty significant matchups in the last two or three right, weeks right. here. But they'll be foreseen. Uh, but I, again, no matter what, you know, I I I don't think that you're even if the floor falls out from under you, just. I, I don't think that's enough to knock anybody out at this point. You know, again, I don't know whether we could say anybody's like mathematically certain to get in, but uh, highly unlikely. Yeah. Uh, you know, but then you look at, at, you know, there's three other spots then. And I would say there's six teams with a shot, you know, maybe some better than others um, at getting in. What did I say? 16? Yeah, six teams. Um, you've got St. Thomas and Kennett up in the East Conference that are both four and three. Uh, they'd be playoff teams right now. Then you've also got Plymouth at three and four, who would also be a playoff team. But then right behind them, you got Merrimack Valley. Um, you know they're in contention. And then you look at the the West. You got Milford also at three and four, with a chance to to get a couple wins down the stretch here. And then the one that um, you know that people may be a little surprised to see here, John Stark is also three and four. Uh, and tied with Milford in in that uh, West Conference uh, for fourth. Although, you know the the doesn't matter what side they're from. It's it's completely by rating determining who gets into the playoffs. So you could have five from one side, three from the other. Uh, but you know, start right. on a bit of a run here. Um, you know, they 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 finish the year uh, at Lebanon this week, uh, and then of course they host Sauhegan to end the season. So certainly a a, a long shot to get into the playoffs, um, but you know they're they've put themselves in the mix. Yeah, you know what I I think you got to figure for whatever outcome happens with John Stark, they've got to be pleased with what's happened, right? They had a couple of tough games to begin the season, lost a close one to Merrimack Valley, who as you mentioned is a is a contender of themselves, and then they've strung together three wins. Um. You know, you got to figure they're probably preparing pretty hard for Lebanon this week. But as we as we both know, Lebanon's really hit uh, some tough times. Um, I think I think I heard they only had maybe 16 or 17 kids available for the the uh, game this past weekend against Hillsborough during Hopkinton. And in fact, I also heard that both coaching staffs had agreed to sort of try to keep that one moving along. They went, you know, running time, 10 minute quarters, kind of thing. Yikes! Um, which I, I find interesting, right? But I think I think both teams were just so banged up and sort of short on people. Um, 
you know, so th- so they have a chance to to really, you know, if 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 you played the game on paper, which we know you don't, they have a chance to get their fourth win in a row, heading into uh, Sowegan, who you know is sort of a, hey, what the heck, right? I mean, they're one of the best teams in the in the division, got nothing to lose. Let's go out and let it rip, you know, after winning four in a row. Kind of a kind of a cool uh, cool way to end for them. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's and well, speaking of Sauhegan, um, you know, talk about big games. Uh, they've got uh, they're hosting Pelham this week. Two seven O team seven and O teams that um, you know that one will will I gotta imagine will determine who wins that conference, gets that for, uh, top seed there, um, you know, and then on the other side, you got a crossover game um, with Hanover going to Guilford Belmont on Saturday. Really, yeah. uh, really exciting kind of weekend here in Division Two, uh, with those uh, you know four of the top five teams playing each other. Yeah, and Hanover just got. Uh, oh, by the way, we had talked about. Now I forget the young man's name, but we had talked on the last podcast about Hanover's QB, uh, Roger Lucas. Lucas, thank you. And I, I have heard that he was okay. Okay. Uh, they were just being very careful with him. I, I don't know whether he played this week or not, but certainly. To, to follow up what we talked about last week, um, he was not severely injured or anything like that. So thank God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, Hanover had a couple of big performances um, again this week. I, I'm, I'm trying to remember the kid's name. I think it's uh, Vido mm-hmm. or Vito, Jeff Vito. I don't know whether, you know, I'm, I'm sure one of those pronunciations is probably right. <laughs> had 270 yards rushing. Um, against West, and and he was very impressive against Sauhegan Watching him, um, so yeah, you know, I, you know, again, another big performance from Hanover, and going into that is is going to be an interesting one. Yeah, and and you know, Guilford Belmont. Uh, I'm not you know entirely sure what's going going on the last couple of weeks, but you know they're putting up a ton of points early in the season. Um, you know, Laconia holds them to twenty. And then last week against Merrimack Valley, they win thirteen to six. I'm not too sure, you know, what's up there. If they're missing guys, uh, or if if you know, did did Merrimack Valley come up with a a scheme to to slow them down? Um, you know, and that's that's an impressive result for for them for the pride too. You know that they're another team we were talking about, like John Stark, that's trying to you know trying to build up the program and 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 get back to you know, a, a place they haven't been in a while. And, and of course, you know, it, it's, it looks like a tall task for them, too. They have Kennett this week uh, and then finish with Pembroke, um, but s- certainly still alive for the playoffs. Yeah, you know, it's funny you asked the question about, about Guilford Belmont because I was going to ask you the same question, which is, <laughs> you know, they kind of, they kind of like, they're putting up these gaudy yeah. stats and numbers and things, and then they've been, they've been contained fairly well the last two or three weeks. And, you know, part of me wonders that, that um, Isaiah Reese was such a huge impact player, you know, the first three or four weeks of the season. I mean, just just all over the field with his arm, with his legs, improvising. You know, you got to wonder whether, uh, you know, a couple of these teams, you know, with, with pretty good defensive coaching staffs and, and good defenses, good players on their defense kind of said, hey, look, we can't let Reese beat us. Right, but but let somebody else on Guilford Belmont make plays. And I think they got kids that can make plays, no question, because they've still continued to win. But we're not going to let 
Isaiah Reese run up and down the field for 250 yards rushing and another 200 yards passing against us, right? So you got to kind of wonder whether teams have said, okay, we've we've got to we've got to shut him down. He's just too good of a player to have him go unchecked, you know. And, and maybe, so maybe earlier in the year he wasn't as well known because my my understanding is I don't think I think this is his first year playing quarterback. I'm not I'm not too sure on that, but it's possible, yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I had seen that or read that somewhere. Um, so, you know, teams might not have known what to expect from him or, or, or what have you at the beginning of the year. And now they've done, a you know, probably a, a much more concentrated job of game planning for him and trying to take him away. So, you know, hey, that's I, I think that's a good story for Guilford Belmont, though, if that's the case, because it means, hey, you know, they're doing their their – they're working their hardest to take uh, an extremely dynamic player away, and you're still able to scratch out wins. Yeah, it looks like he had, um, you know, just 67 yards uh, rushing in that game against Merrimack Valley and only had 20 passing. So, uh, yeah, maybe it was a case of just Merrimack Valley, you know, hanging on to the ball. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, just buckling down on – we're, we're going to stop him, right? We'll right, we'll yeah. we'll take our chances with the other guys, but he's so good that if he gets rolling, he's going to murder you. And and maybe they <laughs> just, you know, maybe they just had just enough X's and O's and just enough kids, you know, in the right places because their game plan to sort of contain him a bit. You know that that other big game uh, this weekend between Sauhegan and Pelham. Um, you know, it, it's one of those kind of classic ones where. Both teams have been putting up a ton of points all year and and not allowing a ton of points. I mean, just looking at the last four games, Sauhegan has allowed six points um, with three shutouts in there. Um, you know, Pelham, uh, two shutouts. Uh, of course, they had that forfeit uh, win over, over Lebanon or against Lebanon. I don't know how you, how you want to put that. Um, you know, last week they give up 13 to Milford, and I, I guess Milford kept that game kind of close. Uh, until late, so so maybe a good test for Pelham as they get ready for that game. But um, you know, that's I, I don't know. Is that one you think could go back and forth, or what, what wins out, the offense or the defense? I don't know. I mean, when when I think about <laughs> both of these teams have both of those units, like <laughs> are, are, they're top notch. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, I do think that. I haven't seen Pelham, so it's hard for me to to gauge them uh, as well as I could gauge Sauhegan's, who who I have seen. I think if if there's anything that I've seen that even approaches a weakness on Sauhegan, and I'm not even sure you could couch it that way because it was against a really quality team, was that Hanover could move the ball between the tackles against Sauhegan, uh, and, and pretty effectively. Um, it, it, it's just that keeping up with Sauhegan's offense is so high powered. Uh, and, and also their defense is so good that if you get behind the sticks just one carry, if you are kind of trying to grind it out between the tackles, you're probably in trouble, right? You're not going to recover from, you know, a, a one-yard first down carry or something, right? Right. Um, and, and I think and I think Pelham, it's like you said, kind of has the same profile from the, the, the scores in their, in their various wins, right? Obviously a very strong defense and a really explosive offense. So... I, I don't. I don't know. I, I think both teams are solid offense, defense, and special teams. I think they both go about their business in a little different way offensively. I think Pelham is a little bit more of a of a ball control 
running type team, although explosive, right? That doesn't mean right. three yards in a cloud of dust. It just means I think they try to get the ball done, that the the scoring and the and the moving the football on the ground. Whereas Sauhegan has some excellent running backs, um, but man, they can they can make you pay in the passing game. So it looks like uh, Pelham got out to a a twenty one nothing lead in that game. Uh, and really shut down any running attack that Milford had. Um, you know, it looks like Milford had just 28 yards rushing total. And, um, you know, then they started throwing the ball, got a couple touchdown passes from from Chuck Erda, uh, made it 21-14 to 14 early in the fourth quarter, or midway through the fourth. Pelham scores to make it uh, 28, or excuse me, yeah, 28-13, I'm sorry, not 14. Um, you know, and then maybe Milford was driving again, and then uh, Dom Hurling comes up with an interception return for a touchdown to, to make it 35-13 and put the game away late. Um, yeah, so, I mean, and, and we talked, too, I think, about, you know, maybe a little rust for Pelham in that one, too, having an unexpected week off uh, with, with that yes. 11 in game getting getting forfeited. So, uh, and, yeah. and I think you hit on the key, Joe. It, it's right there in front of us. The key is how well does the Pelham secondary play? Yeah, against yeah. the the outside running game of Sauhegan and obviously their 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 sort of screens and vertical passing stuff that they do so well. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's take a look at Division Three now. Um, and I guess you know it, it's it's kind of holding true to what we ex- we maybe expected there, where you got your Trinity, Monadnock, Campbell, um, Triumvirate at the uh, the top of the division. Um, you know, Trinity at seven and zero, Monadnock at six and one, Campbell five and two, and uh, you know it took an interesting turn this week with with Interlakes Moultonboro beating uh, Fall Mountain, and then uh, Stevens picking up its fourth win in a row, uh, getting a win over Kingswood. All three of those teams now four and three, um, record wise tied for that final spot, but right now that would go to Interlakes. Um, who has a better rating uh, than the other two, and and more and, and just as importantly now, um, you know, Interlakes has a win over both of those teams. They've beaten Fall Mountain. They've beaten Stevens. Um, so that really, I mean, still two weeks of football left to be played. But the Lakers look like they've got the inside track there. Um, you know, on that that playoff spot. Yeah, and, and and speaking of Fall Mountain and Stevens, I I was I was just thinking about them, both of those teams as well because I was looking at yeah as you were talking, kind of thinking like, hey, you know, who right now is playing the best football? Right, not necessarily who's the best record or whatever, but who might be playing the best football right now? And you know, an argument can be made for a few teams, but you look at Trinity, who hasn't lost a game. Yeah, they end with Fall Mountain and Stevens. Yeah. Which, you know, Stevens is playing really good football right now. Strung together four wins. Um, you know, had that high quality win against Fall Mountain, um, shutting them out twenty-eight to nothing a couple weeks ago. You know, Trinity's had a good run. They they probably have the toughest end to a season. I mean, Kingswood's going to play Interlakes and Monadnock, but Kingswood's obviously not in the discussion right now. Um, I, I, I think Trinity is going to go through those. Those two games are huge yeah. because the quality, the, you know, Fall Mountain and Stevens are obviously both high quality programs at this point of the season. Yeah, and then I mean, Fall Mountain closes. They've got that game against Trinity, as you mentioned, and then they finish at Campbell. Um, yes, 
you know, so two tough games for them to try to, to keep their playoff hopes alive uh, to yeah. finish out the year. Um, and, you know, and then you look at, at Interlakes, uh, they finish with, with Kingswood and, and, and Conval. Um, you know, two programs that if it weren't for each other, they'd, uh, they'd both be winless. Right, right. Um, yeah, so I think that, I mean, you know, definitely not going to say anything set in stone uh, with games left to be played, but that's what it looks like right now is you're looking at uh, Trinity, Matt, Manadnock, Campbell, and Interlakes, Moultonboro in those, uh, those playoff spots, uh, barring some, some upsets and some crazy finishes here, which... Uh, you never count out. Um, yeah, learn that a long time. Learn that almost every week. It feels like, regardless of sport. yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's uh, that's the way Division Three is looking at the moment. And then, you know, you take a look at Division Four, and uh, not going to be a whole lot going on this week as they are indeed on a on their second bye week uh, of the season in in Division Four. Uh, but in, you know it's another one with with one game left to play. Uh, it pretty much looks like um, you know it looks like the four playoff spots are, are, are wrapped up. Um, you know after after this past week's games, of course you got Summersworth six and zero, Newport five and one, Raymond. Uh, it's not showing up online at the moment, but they did get a a win over Newfound to go to four and two, and then Bishop Brady at three and three. Um, I think those are your your playoff teams, um, you know. Given what the remaining schedule looks like in that last week with with Brady, uh, you know, uh, hosting a Franklin team that, uh, as we mentioned last week, got their first win, but um, you know, struggled against some of the, the upper echelon teams, and then Raymond playing uh, Newport uh, to finish out the season. I thought Newport, I and mean, we might have talked about this too. Did Newport had a an out of state game in there this week? But once again, that's not showing up uh, on the. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought we did. They go that. over to Vermont. Uh, well, for for this week, this coming week, I'm not. Uh, give me a second, and I will tell you for sure. Oh no! It looks like it was canceled. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Yeah, you know, and probably, I mean, there's a reason they put those bye weeks in there for the D4 teams. Uh, so maybe it had something to do with uh, just trying to get guys healthy, get them, get them ready to go for that last uh, couple of weeks of the season. Um, yeah. But no, yeah, I mean, I guess really, you know, we we expected Summersworth and Newport to to be at the top of the standings, and and you know, Raymond and, and Bishop Brady have been competitive programs um, in the past. So I don't know if that's too much of a Surprise there to see those teams, um, you know, looking like playoff programs at this point. I think what surprises me the most, and I, and I mean this in a complimentary way, uh, you know, not to be taken wrong here, is is how absolutely dominating Summersworth has been this yeah, season. Yeah. You know, obviously they're they're a high quality program. They were uh, they were the champions last year, if I'm not mistaken, yep, they right? Were. They were. So defending champions, but. I mean, they rolled everybody up. Uh, I mean, even the Newport game, which was sort of the game of the year, uh, quote-unquote, regular season-wise, that was a 35-7, you know, kind of no-brainer. Um, so interesting to see, you know, like you said, they finish up with Winnesquam, who who's kind of had an up-and-down year. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the, the playoffs go, right? Will they hit one of those teams who – 
happens to be firing on all cylinders a little bit later in the season here that, you know, maybe they made quick work of earlier and, uh, you know, will they have a challenge um, or, or are they just going to kind of roll through it? Yeah. And, you know, and, and it's, it's uh, that setup, the the way that that has kind of played out for both Summersworth and Newport this year, you know, it makes me think back to, um, you know, the old six division pro, you know, setup. you know, how many times did you see there were two, you know, two teams that were finished one and two, you know, one was undefeated. The other one's only loss was to the team at the top. And, and that loss was like a blowout loss, you know, and then they meet again in the championship game and the team that got blown out turns around and wins like that. I mean, I feel like that happened, you know, on a regular basis sometimes. Um, so certainly not, you know, um, not a scenario where you would count either, you know, Newport out, I think, uh, you know, if they were meet, to meet again in the final. No, I, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I, and I, I'm quite certain that uh, Summersworth would not count Newport out. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what happened in the regular season, that is not a wise way to go about your business. No. Uh, um, I'm trying to find, because there was an, I mean, who was... Newport was upset, yeah, by um, yes, by Fall Mountain last year in the in the semifinals. So yeah, Newport was the team team to beat, and and Fall Mountain uh, upset them to get to the final against Summersworth. So strange things can happen in the playoffs. Yep, they sure can. All right, well, uh, I don't know, Mike. Any final thoughts before we uh, we close it up for the week? I'm just. I just want to put you on the spot. Where are you? Where are you? Uh, what's the early indication of where you might be headed this weekend? Well, this is going to be a weird weekend. Um, I, I, I will certainly be at, at BG and and North on Friday night. Uh, huge one over here at Stellos. Um, but I think that's going to be it for me for football. Um, you know, the schedule is kind of light on Saturday, and uh, believe it or not, we're already into the the field hockey playoffs here. They start uh, Tuesday, uh, so this is later in the afternoon on Tuesday uh, and Saturday there's uh, expected to be a couple big playoff matchups there. So I think that'll, it'll be a one game week for me, which is, uh, which is a little odd. Yeah. You're going to, you're, you're going to have uh, some withdrawals there. I, I, I would might, think. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. yeah. There were a couple games I was looking at that, that, um, that conquered matchup that we mentioned earlier um, is, is an intriguing one to me. Um, and, and then obviously I've got a little bit of a poll that says, Hey, maybe go see the Sauhegan Pelham game. <laughs> that has, um, that has you written all over it. I, I would have thought. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm just wondering whether I should, I should not, you know, buck the trend and not do the obvious thing, but I don't think that anybody cares quite honestly. So, <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course um, so yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm still toying around with where I might end up, but, uh, but yeah, I think there's a couple of really great matchups this weekend. So yeah. and, hopefully and we can get out and see some good games. Second to last week of October, uh, we're really into the football, uh, football weather at this point. Um, all, you know, despite, the, the warm weather last weekend, um, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be about as, you know, kind of cold as it is, um, you know, on, on Monday, Tuesday this week. Um, what am I looking at here? 60 on Friday as the high in Nashua and uh, 37 the low. So, yeah, it's going to be, I'm, I'm going to have to break the pants out for, for Friday night here. Yeah. All right. You know what? Oh yeah, 
I, I, I love that fall weather feel when you have to bundle up like that. So I'm okay with it. I miss summer, but <laughs> bring on the pants weather, Joe. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll wrap it up for uh, for us for this week. Um, he is Mike Lockman. Mike, thanks again for joining me. Yeah, anytime, Joe. Had a good time as always. Yes. And uh, I'm Joe Marcellina. Thank you for listening and enjoy the games and stay safe this weekend.